Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, thanks for listening to the Big Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm Burke Allen, live from my home bunker outside Washington, D.C., where we are all making big adjustments amid COVID-19. And wherever you're listening today, anywhere in the world, uh, we want you to stay safe, stay healthy, and stick around so you can listen to more of these shows. Uh, I just read yesterday that podcasting uh, listenership is actually down quite a bit during this because most people who listen to podcasts on their way to work are not leaving home to go to work. And, and that very much is the deal with our next guest. Uh, Brad Taylor joins us from Lexington. The podcast is a service of our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online speakers bureau. If you're a speaker or if you're a meeting planner and you're trying to figure out how to do the virtual meeting thing, Speaker Match has tons of resources, and they can put you guys together to talk about it. SpeakerMatch.com, proud sponsor of the Big Talker podcast. All right, Brad Taylor is in Lexington, Kentucky. He's a longtime sports betting expert. Uh, spent over two decades in one of my favorite cities in America, Atlanta, Georgia, before moving back to Lexington to take care of his elderly parents. So he is hired in Lexington to be a sports radio talk show host by ESPN Radio there in Lexington. Incredible basketball town, legendary basketball town. And right before spring training, and Brad's ready to go and strap on the headphones. And then... COVID-19 happens, and uh, as a sports betting guy, I guess I can use the phrase, all bets are off at this point. Hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm doing well. When you use the term sports betting expert, that's using that term very loosely now, I might add. But still, yeah, it's, it's a uh, crazy time for people who are in the sports talk industry, people who like to just invest in, in sports a little bit on the side as a friendly little wager type stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's a crazy time in sports talk radio and sports in general. You know, uh, there are people who are listening today who are probably thinking, oh, come on, get over yourselves. With COVID-19, there are literally, you know, people dying from this disease and these millionaire uh, Major League Baseball players and NBA players have to sit at home and they've got no-cut contracts, big whoop. But I think probably, Brad, what lots of folks aren't thinking about is there are tens of thousands of people that are in the sports industry like yourself, that are left uh, either furloughed or without a paycheck. So, so tell us your story. You uh, were in Atlanta for a long time. You came back to, to Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, is that your hometown? Are you from Lexington? I grew up here in central Kentucky. I moved to Atlanta when I was 19 uh, to become a chiropractor, of all things. And I was a chiropractor for several years. And then when I got in my 40s and I hit 40, I was like, hey, I want to do something with my life that I enjoy. You know, and what have I done all my life? Just watch sports, place a few bets on sports here and there. So I got into sports talk radio because it was a passion that I had had my whole life. And all of a sudden you get into your early 40s and you want to do something you enjoy. So this is something I wanted. And I knew I was going to have to move back home to Lexington to take care of my parents eventually. So I wanted to have this on my resume as well. So I got uh, I went to broadcasting school in Atlanta, got on, had a little time on at uh, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. And when I moved back to Lexington, I thought, hey, they'll be knocking themselves out just to put me on the air here in Lexington. And it, wasn't, it wasn't that easy. The games have played a little different in radio in Atlanta than it is here in Lexington. 
And so how long were you in pursuit of one of the few sports talk show host jobs there in Lexington? How long did it take you to land it? It's a running gag at uh, ESPN Radio here in Lexington that I literally spent four years harassing these people once I moved back. I spent four, four years. years. I, I've got this four years, and I kept emailing these guys all the time. Hey, put me on. Hey, I've got top ten market experience on the air. And they were like, nah, they just they never replied to me. But I kept after it, and I just kept emailing and harassing them the whole time. Hey, look at me. i got my podcast now. I've got this. I've got that. And eventually, they finally put a job up on their website. I'm like, if you don't give me a chance for this job, I, I don't know what you're going to do. So finally, they let me get a foot in the door. And like you said, beginning of March, I start with all guns a-blazing, and then the coronavirus hits, and timing apparently is everything around here. Wow. So you started earlier this month at the radio station, and then yep. all sports are put on hold. Wow. Yep. The, tw- the 12th of March, it was a Thursday, and it was, that was when all the NCAA conference tournaments were canceled, the NBA was canceled, everything going forward was canceled. That's kind of like Black Thursday in sports. And ever since then, I mean, all we've had was just a few horse races, and that's been about it. But, I mean, yes, the sports world has completely come to a halt. And so has my broadcasting career at ESPN Radio here in Lexington. Unbelievable. If you're just joining us, Brad Taylor is our guest today. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, our number to call is 516-418-5635, 516-418-5635. Or you can shoot a message to us in the chat room. The show brought to you by SpeakerMatch.com. I, I have to ask, just in a general sense, what a sports radio station does to fill 24 hours a day, seven days a week when there are no sports. If you turn on your radio station now, ESPN Radio in Lexington, what do people hear? They hear a lot of national programming now that is based out of ESPN up in Connecticut. But I used to make fun of local sports talk hosts. I always called it lazy sports talk radio. Hey, what are we going to talk about today? Hey, let's talk about I didn't prepare, so let's just throw something out there. How about Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? Give us a call. What do you think? What's your Mount Rushmore of Kentucky basketball? Give us a call. What do you think? That was always lazy man sports talk radio. Hey, I didn't prep. I didn't do any preparations whatsoever. I'm just going to let the callers take over and just let them expose their ignorance. But now here we are where there's no sports going on, and now that's what people are talking about. Who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? What's your Mount Rushmore of this? You know, who deserves the NFL draft? That's the only thing on the plate right now in terms of what sports talk radio people can talk about and actually what sports fans can talk about right now. The NFL draft right now is the only thing that you can look forward to. So, yeah, sports talk radio, it's tough. If you don't prepare and if you don't have things to talk about, it's tough right now. And as we all and you know this better than I do, Burke, you have to be able to do two things in radio. Can you inform people? Can you entertain people? You can't just do one of those two. And right now, if you don't have any sports to talk about, you better be able to entertain people. As you look out into the, into the landscape, the sports landscape, uh, and I had a, a great conversation with uh, someone in the, the music and entertainment, the concert business last week, sports very much the same way where, yeah, you may have the, the five basketball players on the court or the you know, nine baseball players on the field, but there are hundreds, in some cases thousands, of behind-the-scenes folks uh, whose jobs are affected by this. What, Brad, happens to the folks that, that sell peanut and, peanuts and beer in the stands? What happens to the ushers, the ticket takers, all of those behind-the-scenes folks whenever something like this happens? 
well, they're just out of a job. But you can see a lot of the owners. Mark Cuban was the first owner to do this. A lot of the Major League Baseball teams are doing this now, and a lot of people are kind of rallying because there are people like the concession stand people, the people who work at the arena, and that's their only job, the ushers, like you say. And now they're getting paid because the public outcry, okay, these players who are millionaires aren't making money, but what about you know Joe Schmo who is sitting there trying to sell beer up and down the aisle every night? Those are the guys that you worry about the most, and you see the good owners and the quality franchises in these leagues taking care of those people as if they were still working. So it's going back around to those guys, but still there's something about just not being able to work and not being able to cash that check and get those tips. They're still missing out on a lot, even though they are being taken care of a little bit. Brad Taylor from ESPN Radio in Lexington, Kentucky, is our guest today. He just started as an ESPN Radio talk show host on March 12th, and then all sports stopped. So did, did your show stop? Or are you still on the air trying to figure out something to talk about? We're to, I, my show has been uh, preempted for the time being because it's like, why would you want to put a new show on the air, a new local show, when there's nothing to talk about? So it's kind of been my much ballyhooed return to sports talk radio has been put on hold for the time being because, hey, how do you want to start a new show when there's nothing to talk about? I have plenty to talk about. But apparently they just don't have the faith in putting in someone. And they'll have to sell. And that's the thing right now, selling advertising for these local radio stations. And that's something that, you know, I'm working with. It's something that everybody at where I'm at, we're all dealing with the fact that, hey, how do you sell advertising right now when all these businesses are closing? All these places are saying, well, we don't have the money right now, and we don't know if we're going to be closed next week by the governor or not. So it's a tough time in all aspects of radio it's from the – behind the microphone aspect to the, hey, let me go out and sell some advertising aspect, and that's what's making it rough for radio right now. And, you know, that's something that, that folks may not be cognizant of is how this sort of complete shutdown in America affects every business. I read just this morning that the Tampa Bay Tribune newspaper is cutting back to publishing only two days a week for the exact same reason. The advertising dollars have just dried up, as they have for radio stations all over the country. One of the biggest broadcasters in America, iHeartMedia, has announced they're furloughing uh, you know, thousands of their employees across the country. So uh, if forecasting things out a little bit and prognosticating a little bit, because that's what sports radio guys do, do you see a future where there will be fewer radio stations, fewer newspapers, fewer uh, local personalities in broadcasting? I do. But, I mean, you, you bring up a great point, though. As sports talk radio hosts, we are fortune tellers now. That's what people are looking to us to be. We're fortune tellers. Whether it's sports or whatever, if you're on the air and you've got that microphone, we're supposed to be able to predict the future. Well, you can in a sports game. That's one thing. But when you ask a sports talk radio host to predict the future on a coronavirus, that's a little different story altogether. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know what the future is going to be. Are they going to start the NBA in, in the end of May, like they've said? Probably not. Is it going to be June? Is it going to be July? When is baseball going to start? We heard the other day that football season may not even start on time. Nobody knows right now. That's the whole mystery of this whole thing. Nobody really knows. If you listen to Trump, one day he's thinking, hey, we're going to be back playing normal life by Easter. And then the next day, oh, well, we've got to extend these deadlines. Nobody knows right now. So it's, it's, your guess is as good as mine, is as good as anybody else's, how long this is going to last and how long we're going to not have sports to watch and talk about. Brad Taylor, an ESPN radio host in Lexington, Kentucky, joins us to talk about sports. Hey, since you're in Kentucky, I guess it's a foregone conclusion, no Kentucky Derby this year? 
No Kentucky Derby right now. It's been suspended until Labor Day weekend. So that'll be the first Saturday in September instead of the usual first Saturday in May. Uh, but do you, do you see 150,000 people gathering in Louisville, Kentucky for a horse race for four months from now? I don't know. Nobody else knows either. And all those plans are tentative, just hoping that this virus goes away. I was in a market research, uh, was watching a Nielsen marketing research video the other day, and they said that most of the country thinks that this will be gone by June and July. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great, but I, are you sure? Is anybody sure right now? And even when it does go away, will people who have been so severely financially affected be able to shell out dough to go to a baseball game, a basketball game, a concert, even a movie? Uh, you know, those are all questions we don't know the answer to. Brad Taylor, our guest today on the Big Talker podcast brought to you by SpeakerMatch.com. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we hope you stay healthy, stay safe. Um, when You mentioned 150,000 people in Louisville and uh, in that whole part of Kentucky for – uh, the Kentucky Derby, what sort of economic impact does that have to Kentucky when it just poof goes away, a huge event like that? Well, the horse racing industry as a whole is monstrous here in Kentucky. And not only are you losing the Derby, but you're losing an entire meet at Churchill Downs, or two entire meets if you count the one here in the spring. And at Keeneland here, right down the road here in Lexington, they're a major horse track. All these horse tracks right now, they're not running races. And even the off-track betting, you can't even do that now, you know, in person at these tracks. So the financial losses that this state is suffering from just losing the Derby, Churchill Downs, Keeneland, all the local racetracks around here, yeah, it's, it's, you can't even put a number on it yet, and you won't be able to for a long time. But it, it's going to be an economic disaster for the horse racing industry in this state, no doubt. Now, you've been in, involved in sports betting since the 1980s, um, and, and that's, again, a whole additional thing. Uh, you know, a whole other industry. That I, I worked and lived in Las Vegas for a couple of years with CBS Radio out there, and to see pictures of my former town, uh, completely dark. And, I mean, you could throw a rock down Las Vegas Boulevard and not hit an individual anywhere. Uh, what, what sort of – do you have any sort of financial dollar figure that's gone away – with the lack of sports betting, does anybody even can you wrap your head around that? Did you ever think you would be able to drive down the strip in Las Vegas and not see anything open? Did you ever, when you were living in Las Vegas, did you ever even fathom a, a, a time that that would actually happen? I, I wouldn't imagine. No, it's got to be hundred. When you see these casinos who are raking in hundreds of millions, and you see these figures every every month that the, just the sports books alone in Las Vegas take in over $100 million, and, they, and there's several, obviously, different sports books. You can't even put a number on it right now, how much they're losing. And it's not just Las Vegas. You're talking about the, the other states now, like West Virginia, like Pennsylvania. They're not able to do anything in, in person either. Now, you have on the apps that you can still do, but what sporting events can you bet on because there's no sporting events? So the financial losses that these states, especially Nevada with Las Vegas, you can't even put a number on it at this point. And, you know, a city like Atlantic City that I spend a lot of time in now that I'm an East Coaster again, uh, you know, that city's financial forecast has always been tenuous at best. Um, so it's got to be really scary in those one industry towns that rely so heavily on sports betting and, and tourism and, and entertainment in general. So I would assume that, that your sports betting 
completely on ice. Uh, is there anywhere in the world that somebody who, who wants to do that, are there any sporting events out there at all happening now that you can bet on? There were some horse races. The Florida Derby happened last week. They were running some Oakland Park, Gulfstream. If, and I'm not a horse racing guy in terms of I bet on the horses. I'm not, I am not that kind of – that's not the kind of things that I look to kind of invest my time and money into. But there are people who do. And I know that uh, there was one website, uh, an offshore site in a faraway place. They said that they took over a million dollars last Saturday just for the Florida Derby. And they said they've never seen any kind of action like that. So there's still people out there hungry for sports gambling. I mean, that will never go away. But it's just you have to have events to bet on. And they didn't think – they were shocked that they took so much action on just one little horse race called the Florida Derby. But so many people out there are so hungry right now for the action, yeah, they'll take anything they can get. Hey, I was listening to a radio station online earlier today, and I thought they were doing something interesting uh, with their sports programming, and that is bringing back these legacy games from a long time ago. This, this particular station was bringing back uh, high school tournament games because, you know, it's high school basketball tournament time in lots of markets across America, and they were bringing back some of those legendary matchups. And there was a, a clip of one that I heard where it was a high school basketball game, and Randy Moss and Jason Williams were on the, the team playing for the state championship. I just thought it was amazing. West Virginia, where I grew up, is, is ESPN Radio Lexington doing any of those legacy broadcasts? And if so, what's the response to those? Uh, we are not doing that, but I do know that the uh, local voice of the Cats, you know, we don't have the contract with the University of Kentucky, uh, station across town does, and they have been playing radio broadcasts of Kentucky basketball games starting from 1978 when they won the national championship, running a lot of those old national championship games. And they've been getting a very positive response because, hey, you get a, a legendary voice like Kaywood Ledford, and it takes you back in time, and people relive their childhoods and good times from the past and things like that. And that's great for just, you know, one time. But that gets old after a while. It's great one time. Oh, I remember that. But it's, it's kind of like ESPN Classic. There's a reason why ESPN Classic is one of the lowest-rated stations on your cable is because we already know who won the games and the, you know, the wow factor. Hey, look at this. This is from 1978. That's great, but it gets old really quick. So, and I'm always the kind of guy that likes to live through the windshield, not the rearview mirror. I'd rather look forward than back. Yeah, it's fun to go back and look at those, but very quickly those get old very fast and you want to move forward, but they have been receiving a positive response in terms of, you know, kind of the older generation, one, something that I'm part of now, and, you know, now that I just turned 50. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of got a wow factor at first, but it gets old really quick, somebody like me. So you're right there in, in you know, University of Kentucky's backyard, and I wonder what's happening with that university overall in terms of, uh, classes I would assume are canceled. Is there going to be a graduation oh, yeah. there? Was there spring football? What, what's happening at UK? Spring football is canceled. All the kids have been sent home from the dorms. Uh, a lot of the schools, uh, been, the local public schools have been canceled for the time being. They're not even doing anything via video. I mean, it's the, the entire world is on hold, whether it's sports or class. We don't, and we don't know when it's going to continue. We don't know when it's going to come back, and that's what makes things so iffy right now. And that's why you can't really plan for the future. We don't even know. They don't even know when football season is going to start. Pre- spring football didn't take place. I think they had like three practices or something like that. They said, well, we're going to stop this. So, you know, 
the sports world is not the only thing that's been affected by this, but it, stuck, it sticks out more than all the others, too. Brad Taylor, our guest today from ESPN Radio in Lexington, talking about how they're navigating through the difficulty of being a sports radio station with no sports. Brad, and you don't have to share figures with me, and, and you may not even be privy to those, but but from an advertising standpoint, local advertising standpoint, how much has this affected uh, ESPN Radio there in Lexington, and and what's the path forward for that radio station and and other radio stations in America with this this huge financial downturn? And, and understandably, right, businesses can't uh, advertise. It makes sense to advertise if they're not open. So so what's happening in particular with your station? It's affected it quite a bit because you know. If you're a salesperson, you can't really visit these businesses, do the cold calls to the businesses, because the doors are locked and they don't want you to walk in. So if you're trying to, like, call these people, if you're trying to get in touch with them through email or whatever, everybody else is doing the same thing, too. So if you're a business, and let's just be honest, if you're a business right now, do you really want to spend a lot on advertising? Because if you don't know if you're going to be open next week, and you don't know if even if you do advertise, who's listening right now? People don't have those numbers. They don't have those figures. It has affected sales considerably. And somebody like me who just started out, I see these numbers, and I see how things were in the past, and people, you know, a lot of advertising money coming in. And now, for the last few weeks, there's very little advertising money coming in. It's Timing is everything, and I think my timing has been very off, and that's part of what's been frustrating on my end is that, you know, I can't get on the air because the coronavirus has stopped everybody from advertising. Now we don't have enough money to put a show like mine on the air. So until something changes, I'm sitting here just waiting for the coronavirus just to go away. Sports talk host Brad Taylor, whose show was scheduled to start March 12th and then – COVID-19 happened. Hey, let's pivot a little bit. You talked about your, your move back to your hometown from Atlanta, uh, in part because you have elderly parents there who uh, you, you need to get back and take care of. What's that like in the era of COVID-19? Uh, how, first of all, how are your folks doing? Are they healthy? Uh, when I moved back, I, had, I, had th- I always told people I had three kids, my grandmother and my father and my mother. Uh, Since I moved back here, I've lost two of them. My grandmother and my father have passed. I'm down to my mother now. And to listen to this, you know, I just, it's kind of like the Adam and Eve principle. My mother sits there and watches nothing but news now because she's, you know, worried to death about the coronavirus. So she watches all the wrong news. And I told her, hey, just listen to the governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, who's apparently become a superstar now with his little press conferences, uh, and uh, Fauci during the Trump press conferences, but she listens to the national local, the national news, the CBS evening news, the NBC evening news, which is just scaring people half to death every night. I watch it with her. I'm like, I'm getting scared watching this, but I know better, but the elderly people, it's, it's, and I've talked to a few elderly people, you know, 70 and above, they're all scared to death about it. Now, should they be scared? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, but not nearly as bad as probably the evening news is telling them to be scared to death. But, I mean, the evening news, they're using all these, like, numbers are soaring, and they're using all these adjectives to kind of send the chills down the spine of the older people. It's tough to deal with a mother who is in her 70s, and God bless her, she's scared half to death by watching TV every day and watching this news. And it's just tough to kind of calm her down at the same time trying to remind yourself, hey, you've got to go wash your hands, take care of yourself, eat right, things like that. Yeah, it's very difficult right now taking care of my mother, who's scared out of her mind. She's go- if she steps one foot outside, she's going to catch the coronavirus and die. 
it's uh, it, it can be a scary time. And, and I'll tell you, and the, the media professionals that I've talked with, even the media pros are, are pretty much in unison that you can pay too much attention to the news. And so, you know, what, what even I'm doing in my own work, and I'm in the media world, is I'll check in in the morning and maybe check in again in the late evening, and that's it, because you can get gobbled up in it and go right down that rabbit hole and be scared to death uh, about things that you have a limited control over. You say your mom is in her, her uh, late 70s. What, uh, what's the healthcare situation like there, if you know, in Lexington? Do they have plenty of beds? Do they have plenty of ventilators, plenty of masks for the, the healthcare workers? What do you know about that? They haven't hit any emergencies yet. I mean, we're still at the, we had, as of uh, this taping yesterday, where we had 42 additional cases. And so it's not like we're in an emergency yet here in Kentucky. But, I mean, if you look at these other places like New York and, and New Jersey, where they're literally throwing bodies into a big truck and just set, setting them off to ice rinks, and it's, it's very disturbing when you look at these other places and you just hope here at a place like Lexington, Kentucky, that it doesn't come approach what it's become in those states. But, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of inevitable the way you look at it to, try, to not think that it is going to happen that way here, too. Does the University of Kentucky have a, uh, a large medical presence, in, and yes, do you have very much so. better medical care there because of that, I would assume? Absolutely, yes. The University of Kentucky Medical Center is one of the best in the country. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so as a guy who is something of a sports junkie, I mean, you, you said earlier in the broadcast, you hit them for four years. Persistence paid off. You get the talk show there. Um, we've talked about everybody else and what they're doing. What are you doing in the absence of sports? What are you doing to fill that vacuum personally? When I used to drive back and forth from Atlanta to Lexington, uh, when my parents first kind of got sick, I would do my own talk show. And I would, because it's a five, five and a half hour drive, I would come up with topics. I'd put them on index cards and I'd look at the clock in the car and I would just say, okay, 12 minute segment on this topic, 12 minute segment on that topic. That's how crazy I was about trying to to become good and improve myself at sports talk radio. So now I, there's no sports to talk about, but I just take random topics and I just will talk about them to myself for 10, 12 minutes at a time, just while I'm driving, just while I'm doing nothing. I sound like an idiot. I look like an idiot if anybody sees me, but I know that I'm just trying to improve myself. I have a little podcast that I do, the bottom line Lexington podcast, kind of been slacking on that lately because, well, there's no sports to talk about. How, why does anybody listen to a sports podcast if there's no sports to talk about? So it's just trying to find things that you can talk about basically to yourself right now, if you're me, and just improve yourself every day and just try to work your craft to become a better sports talk radio host. And it, right now it's just tough to find things to talk about. And right now if you listen to sports talk radio, this is what separates the men from the boys. Can you find things to talk about? Can you still inform and entertain at a time like this? People who can still do it right now, those are the best of the business. People who are really struggling, those are the people that are just kind of mailing in every day. Have they given you a date when you might actually get to launch the, uh, the talk show that was all set to go oh, no. this month? They have not oh. given me a date at all. I think they're scared to death to talk to me. Program director, I sent him an email about a week after I started. I'm still waiting for a reply from that one. They're scared to death right now to put me on the air or put anything on the air that's a little bit different, a little bit. And my opinion is, hey, why not give somebody like me a chance right now to stir people up around here, get people a little bit upset, maybe say a few things about Kentucky that people don't want to hear. 
what else are you going to put on the air? I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy how people, you know, especially in sports talk radio, if you don't like change, if you try to sound like everybody else, you're just going to follow the rest of the sheep to the slaughterhouse. Why not have a little bit different angle? Why not sound a little bit different? Why not just try to stand out, especially at a time like this? Brad Taylor is our guest today, and uh, he's got a very unique situation. He's a ESPN radio talk show host whose new show was set to launch on March 12th, and then COVID-19 uh, put that on the skids. And so, like millions of other Americans, he is hanging out, twiddling his thumbs, and waiting to see what happens next. Uh, when the show relaunches, I'd love to have you back on the Big Talker podcast to, to, to give me a, a recap of how you got through these last couple of months. Will you come back and visit with us again? Burke Allen, I'll do anything for you and a friend of Ginger Willis. Anytime, my friend. Thank you, sir. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Keep your chin up, and best of luck with the show. Brad Taylor, our guest today on the Big Talker podcast, which is a service of our buddies at SpeakerMatch.com down in Austin, Texas. They're nationwide, though, as the uh, guys from ZZ Top would say. They are bad and nationwide. The United States' largest online speakers bureau. And with uh, what's happening with COVID-19, they're getting into the virtual speaking space as well. Thousands of speakers on their platform. Thousands of meeting planners go there, too, and they do the virtual meetup. If you'd like to find out more, visit SpeakerMatch.com. Our thanks again to ESPN Radio, Lexington, Kentucky's Brad Taylor for being on the Big Talker podcast. Hey, wherever you go today, whatever you do, stay healthy, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody.